Okay. And welcome to the By the Damn House podcast. My name is Christina, Christina Joy, and I am one half of this duo. Mm -hmm. Of this duo. My name is Grace Carpenter, and I'm the other half. Woo-woo! Here we are. Thank you. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. By the Damn House podcast. Yes, we're so excited. Yes. So since you are here as listeners and observers of this evolvement, evolving thing that we're creating. Right. We started off yesterday with Virgins to Vixens because of so many amazing reasons. Like I still love that. Like it's always going to be a thing for me that I love that name. But during the during the recording yesterday, it naturally came out and evolved just so organically by the damn house. Because really when it came down to everything we were talking about yesterday, That's it was right. take action. It was. Okay, so wait, I'm sorry, just really quick. This reminds me of I I follow, of course, Anthony Robbins, Tony Robbins yeah. on and he said the quickest way to make change is massive action. No matter what it is, massive action. And yeah. that is exactly what yeah. the podcast I just got chills. Is, right? Right. Te- buy the damn house. Do the buy damn the, thing. Do the damn thing. That's and, the action. Oh my gosh. Yes. What is it? Um, old ways won't open new doors. Right. 100%. You keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. It's called insanity. insanity. I know. It's true. I love that though. Me too. I know it's overused and all the people use it, but if you really think about it. And apply it. That is huge. Yeah. Because you really can't expect a different outcome in life, in relationships, in yourself, in your kids, and if you don't take the massive action. That's right. And it's scary sometimes. But let's just put in a caveat to our listeners who are real estate curious. Mm -hmm. Massive action doesn't mean going out and buying 15 houses and you've never had a rental property before. 100%. You can start... Small, but have it be a massive action in the right direction. Well, that is by a massive, one house. house. Yeah, that's a massive action right. for a lot of people. Right, though. I Do agree. You know what I mean? Yes. Like hundred percent. But I, I get what you're saying. Put it into perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Buy one damn house. Right. You don't have to buy seventeen. <laughs> no, you don't. Which let me circle back to that about yesterday because it's been bothering me ever since oh, we okay. recorded. Yeah, was, definitely. Let's rehash or unbox, as they say, the seventeen doors. Because I said you mean seventeen houses, and I was not accurate when I said uh, that. Seventeen units. So when you become a real estate investor, really quickly because of duplexes and triplexes and multifamily, you start to categorize your portfolio in terms of doors. And those are front doors, not back doors and front doors, but per unit. So I have 17 units. Right. And I do not count my personal residence in that because it's not an investment the property. But you two attached that, that are, are apartments. Rentals. Right. Yes. So any door. So you own four duplexes. That's right. So that would be eight doors. Eight doors. Right. Exactly. And currently I own three doors, but yes. they're all single family homes, which as we talked about on the last podcast, I'm going to house hack the one. So, yes. eventually, so even just by doing that, then it would be four doors. Exactly. So, and if you buy a duplex, easy. that's two more. Exactly. So then it'd be six right. doors. So I'll have six doors by the end of the year. So you'll double your portfolio right, in exactly. one year. Right. Just by house hacking one house and yes. buying one property, quote unquote, a duplex. 
which is now six stores. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. I just wanted to clarify yeah. that because, I mean, I, obviously I knew that, but when I said it in the podcast yesterday, I, I just kept thinking about it and I was like, wait, we have to clarify. Yeah. And it's good to be correct because what we can do on this channel, if you want, is really get into like the real estate investor lingo yeah. so that anybody right. out on the street who's talking to other investors for the first time, they're comfortable with all the terminology because there's I a lot it. of jargon. Don't right? you think? 100%. Is that yes. jargon? Jargon? Jargon. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. There is, though. There's a lot of like absolutely. really detailed little tiny things that you're just going to sound a whole lot smarter using absolutely. in a real estate world. Can, so can I just, doors is one right. of them. Can I just – um really quick, every time I hear jargon, I think of Elle from Legally Blonde in that scene. Me and my daughter, we – say it all over and over again together when she's walking and she's like, and I'm perfectly fine with using legal jargon in my everyday life. Yes! And then the guy I whistles. Object. Yeah! And then the guy whistles. <laughs> Can't whistle. And then she goes, oh, I object. Yes. It's my favorite scene. <laughs> I got a blowout last week at. and Legally Blonde was playing and it was the bend and snap part. Oh. And I had my mom with me. I was getting her blowout too. And we were just Love dying. It. Bend and snap. Bend and snap. 99% rate of dinner every time. Or 96 or whatever. <laughs> I love it. Anyway. And then the guy anyway. comes in he's like, oh, the oh, bend and snap. snap. Works every time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so great. Okay. okay. Anyway, she's I awesome object. because I object. Did she say jargon or jargon? She says jargon. Okay. Well, we're Californians too, yeah, so exactly. we can say jargon. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And yes. I have to say on that little side note of that movie, it's so awesome because, you know, I was an interior designer and then being in that world and I worked with flips, I worked with contractors and I right. saw all these other people making money off of my designs and I right. was like... No, wait, I want to do this, right? right? It's just like, you know, I I want to do the flips. I want to be the person. So sometimes when I get dressed in the morning, it's like I feel like Elle when she got – when she goes to law school and then she gets like – she's like Barbie Elle. Yeah. You know, like Barbie – law school Barbie now. Yeah. Like sometimes <laughs> she has I feel her, like – She has yeah. a little oh, yeah. wig tip glasses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's like – She gets her little apple back in the whenever 90s. And it's just – I just love it because you can be so fun and you can be so – so like – just into you know into feeling pretty right and yeah, just and into dress like the and part. dress the and part like, like wake up in the morning and yes that's what I'm trying to say the design, that's the what designer. I'm trying to say it's like okay is today going to be like design day I could be a little more looser is it going to be a real estate day like I feel like I dress the part like every day it's like dress up day I it's love that it's so fun it's just so I fun I don't do that hardly at all in fact I think I let people down because for the most part I dress like a soccer mom <laughs> You just show up. I just show up. But like – and it's really funny because there's all these preconceived notions about what a real estate investor looks like. But let me tell you, in the real world, what a real estate investor looks like is a baseball hat, jeans, sneakers, walking into the bank – a little mm-hmm. bit dirty because you've been up in an eve or like yeah. <laughs> inspecting Ca- something, caulking this morning. Yes, I, <laughs> I do. I do do that. She was walking of- around the house with this white tube, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "Oh, I'm just caulking." <laughs> I'm like, "If you uh, see something, say something." Like. I <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm a, I have a different version of that word. I live in a historic house, and I love. The look of perfectly white lines from caulking, and so I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like literally, no no corner is safe. Um, but no. So when no. I walk into the bank, 
Sometimes I'm walking in with a huge check or I'm doing a huge like mm-hmm. wire transfer. Mm-hmm. And the teller looks at me like, who is this schlubby lady? Right. <laughs> and then right. I'm like, hey, can we do a wire? Um, I want to set it up. It's for like 186000 yeah. It's going to this title agency. And they look me up and down. They're like, so, okay. <laughs> a little judgy. Yeah. But I, I don't. It's okay. I love dressing up. But it's usually for a purpose. Like I don't right. get up in the morning and. Get dressed up. Get dressed up. Yeah. I get it. But construction sites, like, why would you do that? Yeah, that would be silly. But I love it. <laughs> I know. You know, I think it's I just. I think it's just that's just a personal. I think that's a personal choice. You know what yeah. I mean? I just wear my cute little like um, Converse shoes. You know, with the like situation. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, it just makes me feel good, and I think that at the end of the day, that's the point. Anyway, okay. So also, I wanted to share that we didn't get a chance to share yesterday. Is I said I've been doing real estate for a while. And so what I just wanted to bring out was how we talked about following your dreams, right? Following your passions. Right. You know, do the thing, right? Do the damn thing, whatever it is. So in 2018, I got divorced and I decided to, I wanted to live in a tiny home. Right. So I bought a 1978 Airstream Sovereign. Yes. And I was on Craigslist every night looking, you know, where, where can I find this? And I Googled the best ones with the mid bath and the best with the with the side Vista view windows. And, mm-hmm. and then, of course, I found one. I'm living in Palm Springs at the time. And, of course, I find one in Arizona mm-hmm. where Bestie lives. So I'm like, Grace, I'm coming out to Arizona. It's up in the hills. You got to come take a look at this Airstream with me. And so then we go up there. I pay 10 grand cash. Okay. Let's describe okay. up there. Okay, yeah. Because it there. was a three and a half hour drive. It was yes. in Sholo. Yes. And it would there was yes. snow on the ground. Yes. And, and we were like yes. basically driving through like the back of the Grand Canyon, it felt yes. like to get there and to get yes. back. But um Christina came with cash. She had like a wad of cash mm-hmm. to buy this airstream. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, let's do this thing. But it was it was used as what was it even used as like temporary housing? Because this these people who had a ranch, it was like it was like it was their crazy. kids had like soccer camp or something, yeah. and they took it to soccer camp. Anyway, yeah. it was in a shambles. But Christina had such vision. She's like, I'm gonna fix this up. Yeah, this was gonna be my tiny home for me and my eight yeah. year old at the time, or seven, seven year old at the time. Yes. And what was genius is she had the vision, but then also she's like because I won't be spending any money on housing, mm-hmm. I can do all these other things. So you mm-hmm. you were able to alleviate your housing bill right. by buying this tiny home. That was my whole plan. 100%, right. Because I knew right. I loved experiences, right? right? All that. So so I buy the Airstream. I get it I get it tra- a trailer down. That's a whole other subject. We almost lose it on the freeway. My dad saves a day. We get it to this place. I take a year to basically renovate it because I – Pulled all this stuff out myself. And then this is how I found my contractor yeah. that I am currently flipping with yes. as, as my contractor. Yes. Is because I followed my dreams. And that's something that I just really want to like, It's I didn't ever think like, oh, I'm going to buy this Airstream and then I'm going to become an interior designer and then I'm going to become a flipper. Like, it's not like a thought out process. It was like at the moment... This is what I want to do. Right. I'm following this passion. I want to make a beautiful tiny home. I want to renovate this Airstream. But then, of course, I live in the tiny home for about three months and I realize I can't live in a tiny home. I can't. I'm not a tiny homer. And um, I decided to sell it. But that sell of the 
Airstream gave me the profit to put the down payment on the house that I'm going to house hack, that I took the equity out to do the flip. Right. So it all started when we say massive action, it could even just be something small, something small, paying cash for a little $10,000 Airstream and doing, following the dream. Like I wanted to take something old and make it beautiful. That's all I knew. And it was beautiful. Yeah. It was so beautiful. Thank you. Um, And then you bought one. Well, I bought one back in uh, 2016. Right. And then I found out I was pregnant with Bodhi, my youngest, okay. right afterwards. Um, and I had a contractor do mine, but he was kind of doing it in his spare time and it took years. And I love Airstreams. I think that they're beautiful. They're beautiful. Every time I see one on the freeway, I get really excited. Yeah. Um, this was my second one. We've owned two, me and my husband. Um, but we are not camping people. We are boutique hotel, boutique hotel people. And that's totally fine. But the second you realize I don't want to sleep in a tin can, I want someone to be bringing me margaritas by a pool. (laughs) Then it's like, what am I doing with this $45,000 beautiful thing that I've never camped in? But that was like perfection. I mean, I got a custom tufted needle mattress put in. I hired a muralist to paint the ceiling. Like it was unreal, but I sold it. And then I bought my cabin. There you go. See, I would rather have a cabin. Right. Exactly. So talk about custom. So just alert and warning to any of those people who are thinking of flipping an Airstream, you have to cut the mattresses because if you yes, think about it, it's curved. It's curved. The walls are curved. What what mattress comes None. at an you know at an angle yeah. like an angle and like then yeah. they're always up against and the wall. they're always up against the wall. So of course us too. We had to cut it. And yeah. Then you have to get the person to sew it, it and do the whole. Honestly, it was kind of a nightmare. I. <laughs> There's so many parts about camping that I just, I'm not down with. I'm not a camper. I'm not down with like all the prep yes, and so all much the, work the just shopping and the, yeah, and, and it's, and the work doesn't stop. That's mm. why I like boutique hotels. Yes. I, <laughs> I like to service. arrive and yes. have somebody take care of everything for me. Yes. But um, I know people love Airstreams. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, I love the beauty of Airstreams. Mm-hmm. I don't like to, I wouldn't want to live in one. Absolutely. Or, but, but. I mean, they're they're a great investment. They hold their value. Yeah, they hold their value like no one's business. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, that's a that is a great way to get started yeah. in real estate. I mean, just like right. wholesaling, buy right. a little tiny house and flip it. Um, but uh, I really think that if you can approach real estate from a perspective of there are people right now where I want to be, mm-hmm. and so can I learn? From what they have to say and this goes along that this is the exact lines of don't take advice from anybody who hasn't mm-hmm. done what you want to do but if you can take advice you're going to get there faster mm-hmm. and with less mistakes yeah that's learn from other people's mistakes learn, it's another classic saying right yeah learn from other people's mistakes that's yeah. what it all comes around to, right? Absolutely. Take the course. Buy the course. Buy the course. Buy the buy, damn house. Buy the damn house. Buy the damn course. Yeah. Like, yes, you have to, like we talked about yesterday, I had to put it on two different credit cards. Yeah. But how invaluable was the information, right? I wouldn't be at this point right. as quickly. And was I it could, worth it to you? 100%. Yeah, me too. 100%. Me too. I don't even bat an eye now mm-hmm. about anything like that. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is for self-enrichment. Mm-hmm. It's no different than going and getting a facial or mm-hmm. having a gym membership. This is just another 
area of like self-enrichment. Yes, I agree with you 100%. Which also leads me to, I don't know why I thought of this all of a sudden, but um, your your Italian venture. Do you want to talk about that? Sure. Yeah. So where do I start? Where are you going in September? Okay, so... Um, I'm a, I lived in Europe for most of my twenties and I was in the Netherlands. I was not in Italy or anything, but I miss Europe. I miss Europe a lot. And I take my family every summer and we go to somewhere else. And this last summer, I really started researching buying a golden passport in Portugal. Cause I was like, how do I become I European? Mm -hmm. And I came across this Forbes article that said 90,000 Americans are eligible for Italian citizenship and don't even know it. And I'm Italian. My main name is Sampo. And my Sampo bloodline is from the north of Italy. And um, I was riveted by this Forbes article. And I was like, oh my God, what if I qualify? So at the end of the article, it talked about how you could hire um, an Italian law firm that will do a genealogy check for you in Italy and tell you yes or no. Like they'll basically yeah. be like, yes, you're eligible or no, you don't qualify. So I reached out to this Italian law firm and I gave them all the information that I had about my great-grandfather and my great-grandmother who are both Italian, born in Italy, married in Italy, and then came to the U.S. through Ellis Island directly to California, which is super interesting, in 1911 and 1912. And um, I gave them all the information I had. This law firm was so amazing. They called the records offices in these tiny little northern Italian towns, found my great-grandfather's birth certificate, found my great-grandmother's birth certificate, found their marriage certificate, and they were like, yep, you qualify. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. So... I don't know. It's kind of, for, To me, it's like winning the lottery. Yeah. But so where it gets interesting about moving to Italy is you can apply to do this and never leave the U.S. You can go to the Italian embassy. But because of this Forbes article, they have such a long wait list for appointments at the Italian embassies. There's one in New York. There's one in L.A. That the soonest available appointment date is May of 2027. But if I just go to Italy... And I move to Italy with my family and we become residents. It's six months. So. This is the plan. So this is the plan. We're, so the, we're so doing it. In about we're going. four months, this podcast slash uh, YouTube <laughs> video is going to be filmed in Italy. Are you in? Yeah. Come on, Brett. Come with us. Are you coming? Yeah. Okay. It'll be good. It'll be really good. Wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. We're, no, not, it's amazing. Like, it's amazing. This is like a legit situation. No, it's yeah. it's legit happening. Yeah. But you go to Italy. You go to Europe all the time as yeah. well. Yeah. So this, co this comes back to being flight attendants. Yeah. The world becomes your oyster and your playground because when it's $80 in taxes to go to Paris, why don't you go? Why don't you, you go? go? Yeah, you go. You go for the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I totally agree. So yeah. so with that, I so you've always loved France. We both have been yes. Francophiles forever. Forever. And um goes back to you way long and me as a teenager, my mom and I my mom took our family to the south of France every other year. So I just remember you know, the Toblerone story. The Toblerone story. Yes, that was in Switzerland. Yes, that was amazing. Uh, so anyway, 
speaking of that, I think a lot of our inspiration for our design oh, yeah. comes from yeah. Europe. Like right? I would say mine is very old world. Uh-huh. But maybe if it's okay, I would love to say how I became an interior designer because yeah. I think it's a great story. Yeah. So when I was living in Holland, my next door neighbor, Chris, mm-hmm. his name is Chris Nairland. Um, his handle is Worthland Interiors. If you want to look him up, he's pretty famous. Um, he taught me interior design. And um he rented out four years worth of World of Interiors and Architectural Digests and El Decors, like library books to me. And he said, these are books, so treat them as books. This is my interior design catalog, as you will. And he said, what you're going to learn very quickly from devouring this much beautiful design is you're going to train your eye. And it was so true. And it did. I trained my eye. Um, But in a very old world classical European Mm -hmm. way. As I was learning interior design, I kept seeing really classical examples of very good design come up all the time. Just perfectly executed parquet floors or the perfect light fixture for a space or um, Europeans mix... um, muddy paint colors really well. Mm-hmm. Like, especially in France, there's a lot of taupe and olive and like soft creams mm-hmm. that come through and their trims and stuff. And I don't know. I just right. eat that I stuff like up. Yeah. <laughs> and there's something really magical about walking into a boutique hotel in Paris and being like, oh, oh, they went with the, they went with that couch. Oh, well, I know that couch. I've seen right. that in like eight El Decors. <laughs> right, <laughs> Look at right, that right, right. chandelier. The Mool chandelier. Good for them. <laughs> right. It's good. So, so I think the theme of this particular episode just carries on from our other episodes, which is, you know, of course, buy the damn house, just get started. But also the nuances, you can start small but mm-hmm. have it have a huge impactful impact, impact in the future to get where you want to be. So just mm-hmm. take that first step. Just pull the trigger and do it because you never know who you'll meet. For example, well, like it. with your contractor. Your contractor. And then buying my house, yes. I found the most amazing um, lender yes. who I now recommend to all my clients right. in the desert. Right. Who's amazing, Dawn Desai. Yeah. yeah. And she's just like, she nails it every right. single time. Right. Every single mortgage, yeah. she has a loan for you. And yes. I would have never met her had I not gone through the process. Right. And she was so easy to work with. Oh, so and easy. I have a lender here that literally I can call him and I'm going to be like, and I can say, hey, uh, I'm thinking about doing this, this, and this. And he goes, he writes it all down and he goes, mm-hmm. I'm going to get back to you in 30 minutes. And then he comes back to me and he mm-hmm. goes, okay, we're going to do this. All I need is this. We're going to like, and he can execute immediately and 100% closure weight which is important. Mm-hmm. Yes. He actually funds the loans. Right, 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 right. <laughs> That's important. there's a lot, uh, there's a big difference between being an escrow and closing oh, escrow. Yes. yes. And we can have a whole episode on About, lending. Yeah. And how interesting lending is. Oh, that could be fun. Yeah, maybe absolutely. Yeah, maybe next time. All, All right. right. With that said, here we are. I'm Grace Carpenter. Christina Joy. Thank yeah. you for listening. Yeah, thank you you so much. See you next time. Bye.